Here we are at Grace and Mercy's sixth birthday, and I'm really excited about it that Grace and Mercy is six years old as a church. And this means, uh, to me, it means six years of God's grace and mercy in our lives, those who have been here the whole time, and six years of a life, and I like to say it this way, attempted to walk with Jesus every day, where we're just constantly striving and seeking after Him. And um, for, for those of you who don't know, our founding text for Grace and Mercy Church, the thing that kind of like I, I keep going back to in my mind, is Titus 2, 11 through 15. In every birthday celebration that we've had, whether you've realized it or not, I've preached actually a mini sermon on this text to remind us. To remind us of who Jesus is, where we come from, and uh, that we may be a people zealous for good works. And um, as this was the first text that I preached at Grace and Mercy, and I preached it over two weeks, we're not doing that this time around, but I preached it over two weeks, and I believe that it's a great reminder for us to go back to. It's a great reminder for us to go back to this text each and every year, just as we sung like that Ebenezer where we're, we're just planting a remembrance stone in this text so that we can go back and look at it. And as we celebrate this year, it's a little bit different, isn't it? It's a little bit different than last year. If you guys remember last year, there was a lot of people. We had a pool out in the back and we did a baptism and it was fantastic. But God's grace and his mercy to us isn't different. Even though it's fresh and it's new, uh, it's not different. So I pray that we would look at this text and see what God has for us today. And if you have a Bible, you can turn to Titus chapter 2, and it's on the screen. Uh, let, me, let me read this for us. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. Declare these things. Exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one disregard you. So, we come to this text, and as I've been thinking and praying this week, one of our major problems that we face, not only here in America, but in this church, is idolatry. We are tempted to worship something or someone other than Jesus. This is a constant for us. We're constantly trying to be pulled away by these idols, and idols do this by painting a picture for us. They want us to see them as amazing they want us to think that they are beautiful. They want us to think that somehow these idols are glamorous and, and prestigious, that they're fun, and that ultimately they're satisfying, that we can find our ultimate satisfaction in them. And so this is what idols want to do, want to, do to us. And in this, uh, they are trying to lure us away with their goodness or their fake goodness and trying to keep us away from Jesus and his glory and all that he does in our lives. So these idols are trying to take us out of the fight. They're trying to take us 
out of the race. They're trying to take us away from Christ instead of deeper into a relationship with him. And we get to fight the good fight against idolatry in our lives. Amen. We get to fight the good fight against idolatry in our lives. And we do this through prayer. We do this through scripture. We do this through church, the gathering together, even though it has to be online at, at times. We do this through, honestly, we do this through endurance, just simply hanging on to Christ, no matter the situation or what comes at us. So we do this in like belief or faith. And so that we, we are left with the, the three greatest faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. And in all that, we are trying to see Jesus in all his goodness in all his grace, in all his love and mercy in our lives. And all this is uh, supposed to direct our lives as well, that he gives us our purpose and he gives us our direction for all of our life. And over and over again, scripture shows us how much greater Jesus is than any idol that tempts to lure us away. And we believe that. And as we celebrate Grace and Mercy's sixth birthday, we get to set up a reminder. Each year we go back to this anchoring text in Titus 2, 11 through 15 to remind us who it is we worship. As we build up the years, we are being shown greater things each and every year. And we're seeing more things each and every year, like a, a, greatest, a greater purpose for us to exist as a church, a greater reason for us to keep going and just keep steadfastly plugging along. I believe that God is showing us greater favor each and every year, that God has given us a greater reason to exist than even when we first started. And the greatness of God is continually being shown to us. And we get to remember and build up these memories so that we might not only just remember right now, but that we might always remember. So we set these things up stone by stone or story by story, or even like we can say it grace by grace or moment of grace by moment of grace. By mercy upon mercy, we re- this is what we get to do. We get to recount, retell, remember who Jesus is, what he's done for us, and in that we'll remember why we worship him. Many of us have heard some of the stories that I'm going to share Um, uh, but as we learned in the Psalms and we spent long enough there that it needs to sink in, we need to remember this, that it's good because I don't want to re-preach it again. But if if the Holy Spirit asks me, I will. So just be, be ready. But it's, it's good to review the past and see how God has moved through it. And as we do this in hopes that God will encourage us today, that we can look back and see today that God will recur- encourage us. And in looking back, we can see also that God has been with us the whole time. That God has been with us the whole time. And we may have heard these stories or even seen these graces. I may leave out some cool, like a cool story that you guys like about this church. But I pray that we won't ever let them grow stale or grow old. That we get to keep them before us as a story of God's grace and mercy towards us. This church is his work. It's not ours. All the things that have happened, all the things that haven't happened, all of this is an evidence that God is with us. 
even the number of people that go to this church, God is still meets with us. God still meets with us where others would um, disregard our church as too small or too little or say that we need to grow just a little bit bigger to be approved or be a church. God has never disregarded us. He has always shown up. And it has been, it has been God's grace and mercy to meet us where we are each and every week. And then here this week, particularly when I looked back at this text for this week, I started to recall all that Jesus has walked us through, all that he's walked us through. And it's gotten me excited, to be honest. He has seen us as a church through the entire time. He's seen us as a church through the whole thing. Jesus has seen us as a people who Like we say every week, we say, will you please stand with us as we gather together to worship God? We are a people that desire to worship God and worship him in spirit and in truth. um, He has seen that we haven't done this perfectly and that at times we haven't even done this well, but he's also seen that we've tried that we show up because we expect God to show up, that we want God to show up, not just at our church service, but in our lives. We want his grace and mercy so that we can be a people who live grace and mercy to others. That's what we want. And Jesus, as I was thinking back on it, Jesus has seen us from a living room to into a clubhouse, into a middle school, into evening church services in a church building, Uh, to this location where we are now. We've moved around quite a bit, but Jesus keeps meeting us where we are. And I've even like, as I was writing this down, I forgot all the other places that we've met. We've met in parks or other buildings along the way, including uh, we've met in everybody's house at this point now, right? Just via online. We've done this thing and Jesus has been with us the entire time. And thinking about this, that fact that Jesus has been with us the entire time gets me excited to know that Jesus truly is with us and he doesn't disregard us. He wants to continue to walk with us. As I was thinking about this time last year, this room where I'm standing now was full and we had lunch tables all over and people getting together and eating. It was a bit of a party and our, our sister Noelle, who says hi, by the way, she can't, she's sorry that she can't be here today, was baptized. And I think that all that has transpired since that day, if you think back just one year, all that's transpired since that one day, and I... I believe, and I believe that we can see that God has been with us the entire time. That God has seen us, that he knows us, that he's been with us the entire time. And in that, he's been strengthening us. He's been training us. He's been helping us. And his greatness is being revealed in our absolute weakness. And because of that, he is becoming more of our everything. He's becoming more of our everything. And that's the goal that he becomes our all grace and mercy almost started a different way it almost didn't start in november it almost started in may of 2014 where we met at a park and at this initial park meeting there were about 70 people who showed up and i i i had thought that it would be good to go through the book of titus paul wrote the book of titus to uh 
Paul wrote the book of, to, of Titus to Titus, who was setting up churches on the island of Crete. And I thought, wouldn't it be a good idea to take a kind of a deep dive, a, a good look at a book for church planters as Grace and Mercy Church got set up? At the picnic, I said these words about Titus, and I still believe them today. Says, and these are quotes from commentators that I don't even know who they are. But it's a special theme of this letter is the role of grace in promoting good works amongst God's people. Amen? That's what this letter is. This letter makes it plain that the Christian life is grounded in the grace of God. Believers must recognize this truth and rebuke heresy and avoid legalism. So both. And this can be done only by grace. Grace that saves, grace that teaches, grace that strengthens, and grace that enables. And in doing in so doing, we can see the relationship between doctrine and practice. And to those words, I still say, Amen. Amen. And at the end of that first meeting, there were, uh, th- there were enough people, and many of them came up to me and said something like this. Okay, let's do this. Let's start the church. We don't have a church. Let's take up an offering. Let's get a building. Let's start a church. We've got this whole thing figured out. We can do it. And I knew that there was enough people there, enough people and money to get things going. I told the persons that said this to me that I needed to pray about it. And in prayer and counsel with Chuck Hickman. And by the way, if you guys don't know, Grace and Mercy Church is a church plant from Port Gardner Community Church in North Everett. And Chuck continues to walk with this church very closely and and with me in particular, very closely with me. And as we prayed, as Chuck and I prayed, both of us felt different times. We were in different places. The Holy Spirit say, not like this. Not like this. And by the way, every church planting manual along the way has said, never stop momentum. And we certainly had momentum. We had momentum. And yet we moved in obedience to what I believe is the Holy Spirit. We moved the Bible study to Wednesday and we watched it dwindle down from that 70 to 30 to 10 to 5 until it was, I believe it was me and my mom and another couple who I can't remember the name of sitting at Chuck Hickman's house. And we finished up the book of Titus. The next couple weeks in prayer were a little bit discouraging for me personally. I was frustrated. I thought we were building towards the Grace and Mercy Church. I was actually at the time I was thinking about, should I just go get another church job? Should I look somewhere else? I feel like I'm supposed to be a pastor. I was extremely frustrated. I, I didn't know what I was doing, and I know Mo thought that as well, which was even more frustrating. I didn't know what I was doing. It was the beginning of September, and Mo was pregnant with Zeke, and she was due any moment, and I didn't know what to do. It was, it was in a tremendous amount of like stress, and, and then there was the week that Zeke was born, where uh, there were a couple people that let me know that they were interested in Grace and Mercy Church. And the Holy Spirit said, now. Start now. Start Grace and Mercy Church. Now is the time. So we took a couple. My wife just had a baby, so I gave her the month of October off. What a gracious man, right? Grace and Mercy. So, um, 
So we took the month of October off. And then when Zeke was just a month old, we started Grace and Mercy in the living room of what would become our home. And I say what would become our home because Chet and I were finishing up the construction project that was in that part of our house. For now, we live there. And Zeke is six years old. And Grace and Mercy is six years old. And for six years now, I believe we've seen God do some amazing things. Not what I expected. I don't think what anybody that was there on that first Sunday expected. But I hope and pray that each and every one of you, all that are here and all that are online, have your stories about how God has met you through Grace and Mercy Church. All of you have shared with me at some point or another what grace and mercy has meant to you. And I love and I cherish these stories. These are the bricks that we, these are the stones that we build. This is the grace that we get to build at least the way that we do church here at Grace and Mercy. This is what it's built on. The fact that um, we have these stories that we can point to, that we can look back and have faith that God is doing something in our midst and that no one can disregard us. And I pray that you might remember them and I incur- and let them in remembering them, let them encourage you to strengthen your faith. I know not all of you guys have time to sit around and think about the church for an entire week and think about all the graces that the church has brought to you. But I'd encourage you. And as you do, let your faith be strengthened that God has been walking with us this entire time. Now, when I first told a few people that I was going to name the church, Grace and Mercy, they laughed at me. They laughed at me. And I don't even remember, I honestly don't remember who it was that said this. They laughed and said, you, you're not gracious or merciful. I think it's hilarious that you're starting a church called Grace and Mercy. And they continued to laugh while I was crying on the inside. My, my heart was full of tears. And, and they laughed at me. Now, I'd like to think that I've grown in these areas, right? But it doesn't matter too much because even as that was said to me, as my feelings were hurt, God ministered to me that grace and mercy isn't who I am. And it's not who you are as people of this church. It it is who Jesus is. And through His grace and mercy, who we are becoming. He is training us. He's raising us up. He's leading us along. And, um, and also the fact that I need grace and I need mercy presupposes the fact that I don't have my life on lock and neither do you. And we don't have holiness just exuding from us. But what we have is showing up. And what we have is practice. What we have is the fact that we're going through training together and that we need to grow. I'm not talking about numerically. I'm talking about spiritually. One of my favorite Bible verses is 1 Timothy 4.15. And it says this, practice these things. Practice these things, immerse yourselves in them. And this is my favorite part. So that all may see your progress. So that all may see your progress. See, perfection can be an awful idol. And I don't want to chase it. And I don't want us to chase it as a church. Now, I don't intentionally mess up the slides or have the wrong words up there or, or say things incorrectly or play the wrong key or anything like that or timing. That was for some of you. Um, I, I don't intentionally do that. But at the same time, we've grown. And perfection is not an idol. But 
progress, progress, slow and steady, one foot in front of the other. I believe this is the way that we get to live out this practice. And I believe this is what grace and mercy means. That we aren't perfect. That we aren't even good at times. But we, through God's grace and mercy, through Jesus Christ, we're going to keep growing. We're going to keep progressing. We're going to keep and hold fast to this training that he has given us. We're going to hold on and keep walking, keep relying on Jesus, not only for our salvation, but for our training as well. And one thing that progress requires is this training. That, that, that is what God, grace and mercy is to do in our life. It's to, they are there so that they can train us. They train us to renounce the idols that we so easily want to cling to. Right? They train us to walk with Jesus and walk away from the world, its demands and all its treasures. They trains us to walk away from the world's fears and into God's perfect love. And in our training, now in the sixth year of our training as a church, we have to learn to wait. Right? We wait not for prophecies that have been given about us, not for uh, this sermon to be over or worship to be over or COVID even to be over. We wait for Jesus. All All the work that is worth doing is worth doing because it's Jesus' work. I believe there have been things along the way that through this church, through this body of believers in Jesus, we have been blessed and we've seen God's movement in our lives and in the lives of others. And it's been a beautiful thing. And I pray that this may continue as we keep setting our hope on Jesus and keep walking with them because it is Jesus. We, we are learning that it is Jesus who is our hope. He is our glory. He gave himself for us to free us from this lawlessness and this idolatry that tries to take us away from him. And it is Jesus who is purifying us and giving us good works that we get to do with great joy. Now, I'm also very, very aware in this sermon and at Grace and Mercy's birthday that there are things that we don't do well as a church. Amen? You guys can say amen. We are not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. That we have some weaknesses that just don't need to be there. We have some blind spots that we need to shed and be made aware of. And I don't feel like I need to mention any of them because each and every one of you, as I say the word weakness and when I'm speaking about Grace and Mercy Church, you may have something else in mind and it's Grace and Mercy's birthday and quite honestly, I don't want to hear it today. You can wait, save that for Advent season or something like that. But we all have different weaknesses in our minds, different points where Grace and Mercy has let us down. Grace, different points where we are not quite where we need to be and we are reminded of that constantly. But this, that we are not perfect, that we are not complete, that we mess things up, that means that Jesus is still training us. And we still get to walk with him. And it gives me hope that we're not perfect because he's still working on us. He's not done. He isn't done with us, which means he's still going to be with us. Amen? He's still going to be with us. And in this, as we gather together to worship His name, 
We can continue to expect him to show up and work in our lives because he has done it, he is doing it, and he will do it. Jesus will continue to teach us to follow him and renounce all of our idols. He'll continue to show up and show us what it means to live upright and self-controlled and godly lives in this present age, which just means today, right? It's this present age. Jesus put us here and he's leading us. And I believe, I truly believe this, that as a church, we've declared these things. We've exhorted and rebuked with all authority and love. And I believe that we've done good works. And I believe that each and every one of us that has come through these doors, I, I know you guys, and I believe that we are more gracious and merciful than we were six years ago. And I believe Jesus will keep shaping us and leading us as long as we let him because we are his people. So I pray that we will let him. The most encouraging thing to me this week as I opened up this section, for me this year, it's actually it's different things each and every year, but it's this, let no one disregard you. For me, this means let no one disregard what Jesus is doing and has done in your midst. We are a church. We are not perfect, but we are following Jesus and we keep trying. Let us continue to do that. God has sustained us this far and may he continue to sustain us and be our hope no matter what the world throws at us. Whether we, whether God blesses us or even decreases us, we get to worship him and may we grow in worship and the understanding that God is gracious, gracious and merciful to us that God our Father has shown us His grace and mercy best through Jesus Christ and that He left His Holy Spirit to minister to us these things about His grace and mercy. So Father, I pray that we may be a people who are purified for Yourself, that are zealous for good works. I thank You that You don't disregard us and it's proof because You keep showing up. I'm super grateful for it. Will you continue to do that in and through our lives? In Jesus' name, amen.